It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six foot five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going. Inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to talk NFL Draft, go through all the prospects, the latest buzz surrounding the process. That will be coming up next week. Can't believe it. It's almost here. With our friend who is the owner and the founder over at WalterFootball.com, where they do year-round draft coverage, Walter Cherapinski. Walter, thanks for coming back on the show, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on, Scott, again. Um, I'm excited to talk about the draft with you, and I I can't believe it's a week away. (laughs) Um, I've been preparing for the 2023 draft for like two years now because we do mock drafts like way in advance, but it still feels like I'm underprepared. Like I feel like I have so much to do, but uh, yeah, it always works itself out, so hopefully that happens again. Such a weird year for Jets fans, too. It's different for you because you cover it for all teams. But for the Jets, this is the first year in a long time where late into the season, it looked like they still had a chance to make the playoffs. The games meant something. And so normally, the last few years, Jets fans have been jumping into the draft stuff very early in the season when it became clear the team had no chance to go anywhere. This year, different. And so it feels like combining that with the fact that the Jets are picking the lowest they've picked since 2016, there isn't as much interest in the draft as there normally is. However, once the draft gets closer and closer, obviously it becomes more and more important, especially for the Jets now with three top 50 picks. As of right now, that's what they have. There may be a trade with Green Bay. We've heard all the rumors with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how that shakes out. But for now, the Jets have three top 50 picks, so it's very important that they hit on these and continue to build out that roster to attempt to compete with teams like Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. And so we'll get to that in just a second, what the Jets can do with those three picks, some of the best options at a bunch of different positions. But before we do that, you have a draft hot press section on your site. Anybody who doesn't check it regularly is really missing out. Tell me about what the latest buzz is surrounding the draft. Any prospects, some whispers about teams? So uh, there was a report, uh, I believe Adam Schefter broke it, uh, that the Cardinals were trying to, uh, or the Cardinals were talking to six teams about moving down, which kind of makes sense because, you know, there are th- there are two elite quarterbacks in this class and then there are two other ones who belong in the first round. And, you know, all, all four or like three of the four top teams could take quarterbacks. So, you know, if you if you think that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are, are going to be gone by number three, um, then, you know, if a team really likes Anthony Richardson, they might have to move ahead of the Colts uh, to get him, the Colts drafting at four. Um, so Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. Uh, obviously, they have Kyler Murray. So uh, they want to move down. Um, and, and so, it, it you know, on the surface, it makes sense that all these teams would be talking to the Cardinals. But actually, Charlie Campbell broke a story 
uh, saying that the Cardinals were trying to drum up a trade. So, like, uh, apparently there weren't six teams talking to the Cardinals as uh, Arizona kind of leaking that to to the press. Um, so, I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there were, like, one or two teams talking to the Cardinals. I, I just don't think they're going to get um, – you know the the uh, the amount of draft capital that they would hope for. Um, I, I think they might get like a if they flip three and four, they might get like a second round pick or something, or maybe even third rounder. Um, if they, uh, I, I think the only way they would get a lot uh, is if uh, Tennessee moves from eleven to three. Uh, the Titans are are the one team I think that um, drafting beyond the Colts would move up because um, like first of all they they need a quarterback that they're starting to rebuild, and second, I, I, you know if they really like one of these uh, quarterbacks uh, beyond Stroud and Young then they'd have to jump ahead of their divisional rival Colts uh, to get them. Uh, so I, I think that would make sense. I still think there, there might be a trade, but it sounds like there isn't as much, uh, you know, um, buzz about uh, the teams moving up to three as, as you would think. Also, um, you know, th- there, there's some question about which receiver is going to go first. Uh, there are four receivers, and I, I feel like they can go in any order. Um, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, uh, Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers. Um, and Charlie, Charlie posted a report kind of confirming that where he talked to he, he talks to multiple teams, um, you know, depending on who you ask, like you, you, you can get these four receivers in any order. It's kind of crazy. Um, whereas like I, I feel like Jackson Smith and Jig is probably the, the betting favorite to be the first receiver off the board. But he could easily be the third or fourth receiver off the board if, if teams like some of the other receivers in that group more uh, than the other. And, and that is the case. So, um, and then you have teams that love all four. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, there's a team drafting in the, in the 20s that really needs a receiver, and, and they're just dying for one of these receivers to get to them. Uh, just don't know if that's going to happen. They might have to trade up. Uh, I, I suspect the receivers are, are all going to be gone by – you know, the late teens, early 20s. Um, and then finally, uh, multiple teams are removing Jalen Carter from the draft boards. Not every team, obviously, you know, we don't talk to every team, but Charlie's spoken to multiple teams that don't even have him on their draft board. Uh, they wouldn't even draft him in the second round. They, they just really don't like, um, you know, his his lazy work ethic. Um, the off-the-field stuff is is worrisome. Um and then it's it's kind of weird because uh, some other teams might draft him in the top ten because he's super talented. So it really depends on who you ask. Uh, but yeah, some teams are really concerned about him. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Walter, since you started talking about quarterbacks, let's begin there. I don't expect the Jets to pick anybody at number thirteen. Although it's certainly possible if somebody falls. Wouldn't rule it out entirely, but I think it's highly unlikely. It's much more likely that if the Jets take a quarterback, it would be a late-round flyer, or maybe even somebody that they grab as an undrafted free agent. Tell me a little bit about some of the guys that might make sense in that area. Obviously, they, they have Aaron Rodgers uh, potentially coming in and uh, Zach Wilson. I, I, I don't think they're going to give up on Zach Wilson. Um, but they, they could take a, like you said, a mid-to-late-round uh, flyer on a quarterback. Um, someone like Max Dugan comes to mind. Uh, he's, he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, he doesn't have any elite traits, but he's, uh, you know, he's pretty accurate and he, he can run around. Um, so I, I think he would make sense as someone to compete with, um, uh, with Zach Wilson. Um, Jaron Hall from BYU is a, another guy. Um, he's, he's, he has a mediocre arm, but he's, uh, he's pretty athletic, um, and he's, he's accurate. So, uh, he could go there. Aiden O'Connell um, from Purdue. Um, 
you know, he, he is he is a good arm as well. Um, I suspect he's going to go somewhere early on day three. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, um, an athletic quarterback who can um, really do a lot of damage with his legs. So, um, you know, those are those are some of the quarterbacks the Jets could take. Walter, at quarterback, we talked about how the Jets are likely to grab somebody late if they grab anybody at all. Wide receiver. It could be early, could be late, could be not at all. It really depends on how the board breaks. You just mentioned before about the four wide receivers that are expected to be in the mix early. Quentin Johnson from TCU, Jordan Addison from USC, Zay Flowers from Boston College, and my personal favorite who I think would be a fantastic fit in the Jets offense and who I personally think the Jets should draft if he's there at 13, and that is Jackson Smith Najigba, who, of course, was teammates with Garrett Wilson at Ohio State, so there's a built-in chemistry there. Talk to me about those guys and then maybe some players that the Jets could potentially get later on if they don't grab a receiver early in the draft. What do you think? Well, yeah, um, like I said, you couldn't get these uh, receivers in any order. Um, you know, I, I don't blame you at all for liking Jackson Smith and Jigba the most. I, I actually like him the most as well. Um, Charlie has Quentin Johnson over him, but he has Smith and Jigba number two. Um, it really depends on what you're looking for. Uh, Quentin Johnson's the the biggest one of them. He's, he's like 6'3", 208. Um, some, some, some teams that love him have compared him to Julio Jones. I don't think I'd go that far, but um, you know, like I said, teams have these receivers in any order, and so um, it's it's not out, it's not like crazy to think someone has a high uh, projection on him, and so he could he could easily go number twelve to Houston if, if they like him enough. Um, Jack Smith and Jigba is uh, you know he, he's extremely talented. Uh, I think he'd he'd be a perfect fit in the Jets offense. Um, so I, I think he'd make a lot of sense at thirteen. Now the the only concern I have there. Um, you know, for, for the Jets drafting him is that teams usually don't like to go back to back positions in consecutive years because it's a problem when their contracts come up. Uh, teams don't like to dedicate uh, a lot of money to one position, but it, it's happened before. It's not like it, it can't happen. Um, it's just like something that's worrisome. It actually came up uh, a few years ago when I, I don't know if you remember this, but the Browns were projected to take Bradley Chubb uh, the year after they drafted Miles Garrett. And I remember talking to Charlie um, when we were in Minnesota for the Super Bowl, and he was like, he was pretty adamant that the Browns were not going to take Chubb because of that reason. And that turned out to be the case. The Browns passed on Chubb and took Denzel Ward instead. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, the Jets, if the Jets go receiver, it might be round two. But still, like they, if they love the receiver, uh, receiver enough – uh, to take him at 13, I think they will. And Smith and Jigba makes a lot of sense. Yeah, then you have Jordan Addison, who I, I think he was um, mostly responsible for Kenny Pickett going in the first round last year. Um, of course, he, tra- he transferred to USC, but he's he's extremely talented as well. Um, just, uh, I mean, he he's the speed to, to get vertical and really threaten defenses. I like him a lot. And then speaking of speed, like, say, Flowers can go the distance anytime he touches the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean... You can, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those four receivers. I, I, I don't blame teams for having different evaluations on them. Uh, it tends to happen all the time. Um, so, uh, you know, if you wait till the second round to take a receiver, you have Jonathan Mingo uh, from Ole Miss. He's, a, he's another big guy, 6'2", 220. Uh, you have Jalen Hyatt, who makes a, a ton of uh, great plays uh, down down the field. Um and then uh, Cedric Tillman's another big receiver, 6'3". Um, so those are the, the next uh, three receivers, I, I think, that I, I would have in the board. 
as far as pass catchers go, it's wide receivers and tight ends. Very deep tight end class. There's no Kyle Pitts type home run prospect, but a lot of guys that people really like. Darnell Washington, a ton of upside. Michael Mayer, very polished player. Talk to me a little bit about this tight end class. Could the Jets get somebody, perhaps in the second round, maybe in the fourth round, fifth round, somewhere in that area? Well, actually, Charlie posted another uh, hot press, I think it was like about a month ago, saying um, the teams expect a, a huge run on tight ends in the second round. So the Jets are, are basically drafting in that sweet spot where the tight ends should be able to, to go off the board. Um, there, there could be a couple tight ends ch- taken in the first round, though. Um, I suspect in the late 20s. Um, and who, like, actually, I, I think it might start with the Packers at, uh, I think they, at, at 15. Um, I, I, they might trade down, though. But I, I think the Packers will be the first team to take a tight end, um, potentially. But I, I think that Dallas and Cincinnati would definitely be interested in tight ends. Chargers, too. Um, they, they all need tight ends. And, um, you know, there, there are some good ones in this class. Uh, you mentioned Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. You have Dalton Kincaid from Utah and then Darnell Washington. Um, I, I think those – like, this is kind of like the receiver class. Like, those three can go in any order. Um, I think Darnell Washington has the the highest potential, uh, but he also has the lowest four. Um, so it really depends on the team's uh, risk factors um, regarding these tight ends. Like none of these tight ends are elite, though. Um, like they're, they're not like Brock Bowers coming out uh, next year. We'll, we'll talk about him like a year from now. Uh, you know, these ten, these tight ends could go in any order, and then you have like a Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, uh, Tucker Craft. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan. Um, like th- there are so many tight ends uh, available uh, who could go in round two. So you know, if the Jets keep those picks, then it, you know one of those. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel like one of those picks could be a tight end. Walter, a lot of chatter about the Jets using a couple of early picks on the offensive line, and I want to come back to that. But first, a position that isn't a huge need, but I think it's a bigger need than most people realize, and that's running back. Brees Hall will be coming back. Some think he'll be ready for week one of the regular season, but even if he is, who knows exactly what the load management is going to be with him. The Jets are going to have to ease him back into things. Michael Carter, very disappointing last year. Zonovan Bam Knight did pretty well for a few games and then sort of fell off a cliff. Ty Johnson comes back. He was okay in limited duty last year. But you don't know what a bigger sample size would bring with him. It's possible in what is a fairly deep running back draft that the Jets could grab somebody late in the draft to help their running back room. Tell me a little bit about some potential options for them beyond guys like B. John Robinson and Jamar Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, B. John Robinson, Jamar Gibbs, uh, you you think they're going to go uh, in the first round. I, I'd be shocked if they both end up on day two. Uh, like B. John Robinson, um, he could easily go in the top ten. And then I think Jameer Gibbs is going to go in the 20s somewhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, the Jets could uh, get one of the uh, – get a running back in the on day three. Uh, it kind of makes sense with Brees Hall coming off the torn ACL. Um, as someone who uh, makes fantasy rankings as well, I'm, I'm extremely wary on running backs who who have a torn ACL or coming off a torn ACL. Um, like more often than not, uh, they tend to struggle off that. Now, you have exceptions. Uh, obviously, uh, the Adrian Peterson 2,000-yard season comes to mind. So it, it's not impossible that Brees Hall could have a great year. Um, it's just unlikely that he'll he'll reach that potential, which is a shame because he looks so good. Um as a rookie, uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Jets could could take 
someone like uh, Chris Rodriguez uh, from Kentucky, Chase Brown, um, a little bit smaller uh, on the smaller side, but um, he's, he's a good cast, uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, Sean Tucker, um, another another really good pass catcher. He's uh, he's only five nine two oh seven, but um, I, I think that he could be a good contributor in the passing game. Uh, you have Eric Ray from Oklahoma. Um, he, he's another uh, like another good pass catcher. A lot of lot of good uh, pass catching running backs in this class. Rashawn Johnson, the other uh, Texas running back. Um, was a really good producer. He just um, not not as much of a pass catcher, but um, he's a pretty he's a pretty good runner. And you know, if it wasn't for Bijan Robinson, I, I think that maybe more people would be talking about him. Uh, Tank uh, Bigsby uh, from Auburn. He's a he's a really tough runner uh, in between uh, tackles. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- those are some of the running backs that just can take. Walter, let's come back to the offensive line now. We'll begin at the tackle spot. Now, the Jets could go tackle at number 13. A lot of people think that's the most likely scenario, but maybe the tackles they like are off the board at 13 and they decide to go in another direction. And instead, they use one of their second round picks on a tackle, or maybe they use a pick in the fourth round. Talk to me about the tackles at the top of the draft. Guys like Skronsky, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, and Broderick Jones. But then also some guys that the Jets might be able to get in the second round or a little bit beyond that. You've heard the names of Anton Harrison, Matthew Bergeron, players like that. Even though this isn't like the 2020 draft class tackle-wise where you have four guys that are considered elite-level prospects, there are quite a few guys that could potentially be functional starters fairly quickly. So tell me about the guys that the Jets should be looking at here. So, um, you know, the, t- the top two offensive linemen, um, I-, I think consensus-wise, Paris Johnson and um, Peter Skaronsky. Uh So Skaronsky's might be ranked the, the better overall offensive lineman, but the problem with him is uh, his short arms. He's 32 and a quarter at the combine. Which you know, not it's not going to absolutely kill him a tackle, but um, I, I think the teams might like him more guard because you know thirty two and a quarter inch arms are it's pretty short for a tackle. Um, even like if you're talking shorter than thirty four inches, um, you know that that that's kind of a red flag. But he's he didn't even get to thirty two and a half, so um, teams might want him at guard. Uh, he can also play center. It's kind of crazy he can play any position on the offensive line. Um, so it might be it might be like Elijah Vera Tucker, where Vera Tucker can be um, a potential great guard, um, and he can also play tackle. But you know he could do a good job there, but he wouldn't be an elite player at the at the position. So um, I, I think that if the Jets could have their uh, pick of any uh, tackle in this class. I think it would be Paris Johnson. Um, but I expect them to be off the board by the time the Jets are on the clock. So they might be looking at Broderick Johnson, which is kind of like goes with uh, the sort of player uh, that the Jets have drafted um, uh, under this regime. Uh, he's He's got huge upside. He's extremely athletic. Um, uh, he's got a low floor, though, so that's the only problem with him. But um, there's definitely, I mean, there's definite Pro Bowl potential with him. So um, I think he would make a lot of sense uh, at 13, and so would uh, Darnell Wright. Um, he's kind of around that area, too. I, I think that, I think both those tackles will go in the teens. Then you have uh, Jalen Duncan and Tyler Steen. Uh, Duncan is uh, more athletic in the scene. Um, so Duncan might um, int- intrigue the Jets if they move down. I think 13 would be way too early for him. But, you know, if they move down into the 20s, I, I think that could make sense. 
Um, and then you have some second round, second day tackles. Uh, you mentioned Anton Harrison. I, I think that he would be a really good fit for the Jets. He's another uh, high, high upside potential, like high upside athletic tackle um, that could really intrigue them. Um, Bergeron uh, is is uh, I, I think that he is um, his arms are a little too short too. So I, I wonder if, if teams uh, might be looking at him as a guard as well. Uh, Wanya Morris uh, from Oklahoma is another um, athletic tackle that that the Jets could take. So um, yeah, I, I think those are the ones that make sense for the Jets in the second round. On the interior offensive line, the Jets have a need there. Not as much guard as they do at center, but still, really, you know how it goes, Walter. You can never have enough talented offensive linemen. We've heard the name Osiris Torrance from Florida. He's probably the top guard. There are some other pretty good players there, too. Steve Avila can play guard or center, so he could be an option for them. John Michael Schmitz has been linked to the Jets quite a bit. Luke Whippler, who grew up in New Jersey as a Jets fan, a center from Ohio State, somebody that could be a possibility, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. Tell me about the interior offensive lineman in this draft, who the Jets might be able to get past the first round, because I'd be fairly surprised if they were to take an interior offensive lineman at 13. Yeah, I don't expect um, any interior offensive lineman to go in the first round, except for Skaronsky, if you want to label him that way. Um so outside of that, you know, the, the Jets don't need to uh, reach on an interior lineman like that. So, um, yeah, they'll be able to get one at 42 or 43. Uh, you mentioned Osiris Torrance. Um, I, I, I should say, like, there's a chance he can go extremely late, late in the first round. Like, I, I think I have him going 30 to the Eagles, but I, I think that's more of his ceiling, um, more, more than his floor. So I, I think that um, Torrance is probably uh, – if, if I were to bet, I'd say Torrance probably goes in the – in the 30s 40s or 50s so he would make a lot he would make a lot of sense for the jets um you know cody mock uh, another um he's, he's kind of on the small side but he's athletic he could he could be the pick uh, steve avila as you said he could play guard or center uh he's a big guy he's a 330 pound lineman um so i i think that, like having that positional versatility is is extremely important as as we found out with uh, with Barrett Tucker last year, just having a guy who can slide in like in multiple positions is, is so important. Um, given that you know when injuries happen, that can that can um, that can be essential. Um, and then John Michael Schmitz is another um, you know, interior lineman. Uh, the, the Jets have, uh, have spent a lot of time with him. Apparently, like he came in for a top thirty visit, and they had him. Um, they met with him on another occasion. So. Um, yeah, I, I think he would make sense in the second round. Uh, Tipman is another uh, like versatile guy. He could play center or guard. Um, yeah, that's key. And then you know you can never go wrong with a, with a local guy, right? So like Luke, Luke Whipler would make sense as well. Um, you know, some teams are high in Whipler. I think the Cardinals uh, might might snipe him uh, early in the second round. But uh, if he gets to the Jets, uh, you know, he, I think he'd be a good pick. That's going to wrap up part one of our discussion with Walter Cherpinski of WalterFootball.com. We reviewed offense today. We will review defense tomorrow for the NFL Draft, all the top prospects there. In the meantime, make sure that you check out everything Walter's doing over at WalterFootball.com. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeJet.com and the PlayLikeJet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under, Luke Grant, has some awesome all-22 breakdowns up there, including the Jets' two newest wide receivers, Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard. So watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already 
Variety, YouTube.com slash Play Like a Jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in the New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.